Hey y'all, this is Charlie, and we are living, loving, laughing in grace. And guess what? This week, I got to hang out with a really great friend of mine, very sweet sister in Christ, and we were having a conversation just talking about reading, reading the Bible and, and how much we enjoy our time in the Word um, and our time alone with the Lord in the Word. Uh, and the Lord actually reminded me that it didn't used to always be that way for me. You know, I hope this comes as a shock to you, but I didn't actually used to get that much out of reading the Bible. And because I didn't get that much out of reading it, I wasn't really that motivated to read it, you know, and, and, um, sometimes I know that that was because I was coming to the word with the wrong motive. You know, my understanding of God's word was that this was a, was a, was a how-to book, basically, uh, a do's and don'ts book that you come to this to find out what you do and what you don't do. And, um, if you treat the Bible like that, that's treating it like the law. And the law was written on two cold, hard stones that are not living. In fact, the Bible calls the law now the ministry of death written and engraved on stones. That's not the, the covenant that we're under anymore. We are under the covenant of grace. We are under what the Bible calls in Hebrews a covenant that is a new and living way. So everything about this covenant that we have now should bring us life. In fact, the Bible even says itself in Hebrews 4 verse 12, for the word of God is living. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So listen to this. The word of God itself just told us that the word of God is living. It's living. It's living. So when we come to the word of God, it should come alive. And not only that, but it brings us life. If there are areas of your life that are experiencing death, what you need is the word of God. You don't need to try harder. You need the word of God because the word of God itself will bring life. And it is what? It is powerful. It is powerful. It is chock full to overflowing with power. Again, there is nothing that the word of God will not take care of in our lives. It says it is sharper than any two-edged sword. You know what the Lord does with that sword? He cuts off bondages. He cuts off addictions. He cuts off lies and the stinking thinking that the enemy puts on us. He uses that sword to cut off the dead parts and the, the decaying and the parts of our life that is bringing us down. He uses it to cut off sin. That's what the word of God does. And it's piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. The division of soul and spirit. Wow. There is nothing, nothing that can, that can pierce between our soul and our spirit, other than the word of God. It's such a fine line. And you know what that is? See, our soul 
is our mind and our emotions. So our soul is our own thoughts and our emotions. And in case you didn't know this, they're tied together. Our emotions are tied to what we're thinking. You know, you don't just, you're not just walking along and all of a sudden, boom, oh, I'm so angry. And there was no thought to go with it. Or you just suddenly burst out laughing. Or you just suddenly feel really great. Or they're just suddenly really sad. No, there's thoughts that go with those emotions. So if we are struggling with really with depressive emotions and, and, and darkness and, and that, we, those are meant to be an indicator. Our, our emotions are meant to be a flag to let us know, hey, look at the thoughts that you're thinking. And then replace those thoughts. Don't try not having them, right? That's, that's the law and you'll just end up all kinds of fighting that. Don't try to replace them. I mean, don't try to fight them, replace them. And we do that when we come to the word of God, right? If we're not having the kind of thoughts that bring us life and peace and joy, we need more of the word of God because the word of God says in Isaiah that it brings peace and joy. Hallelujah. Oh, wow. So also by reading the word, the word of God, that was a whole tangent. I hadn't meant to go off. Funny trail, uh, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit. You know what the word of God does? It lets us know, is that my thought or is that from the Lord? When we're reading his word, right? This is his word that he breathed. He breathed this word. So as we're taking it in, we're taking in the breath of God. We're infused. You know, his Holy Spirit is already in us, but it will respond to the truth. So when we're reading his word, his spirit in us responds to that. And then we get that clarification. We get that wisdom. Yes, this is from the Lord. It also is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, you know, a lot of times... Uh, those things that we that we struggle with, you know, the the pains that we carry. Can I tell you that most of our bad habits are tied up to hurts in our heart that we have buried so deep or covered up. We're not even aware of them anymore. But through God's word, he can get down in there and he brings healing to our hearts. Amen. And the beautiful thing about the word of God is its capability to go to work in our life, to bring life, to bring power, to cut away those bondages, to pierce between our soul and our spirit, our joints and our marrow, to get down and heal our heart. Its ability to do that has nothing to do with you and me. It has to do with the word itself. The word itself is powerful. I don't have to be powerful. The word itself discerns. The word itself cuts and dices those things out of our life. The word itself brings life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So we see there is, there is so, the Lord never gives us something unless it's good for us. Did you know that? Everything he does, he does for our, for our benefit. And you know, that brings him glory. When we are healed, it brings him glory, right? When we have marriages that are joyful and peaceful and go the distance, that brings him glory. When our children, 
you know, grow up and, and they become model citizens uh, in the community and they prosper and they do well in, in school and they're a joy to be around. That brings him glory. All these things, they, that brings him glory. Hallelujah. So, um, oh yeah, the word of God is just so good. I'm going to be honest with y'all. So as I was talking with the Lord in the word about his word, he has just given me so much. I'm having trouble getting it out. Uh, he's got a lot to share with you. And um, so, yeah, just hang with me. This is going to be a fun journey, but it might be a bumpy one, a little bumpier than normal, because like I said, he's, he's, he's just got so much right from Genesis to Revelation. We could talk about how great the word of God is and everything that it does for us. He's so good. Uh, so we're just actually we're going to take a moment and pray right now. Daddy God, we thank you that your word is living. We thank you that right now it is bringing life, the life more abundant that Jesus came to give us into our lives. We thank you. It's going to work into our lives. It's going to work into the lives of our loved ones and in our home. We thank you that your word is powerful, Lord. Your word brings healing and health and wholeness. We thank you that your word brings peace and joy. Even now, your peace and joy is flooding into us, Lord, and we thank you for that. We thank you that it is is sharper than a two-edged sword, that it cuts away our bondages and our addictions, Lord. It cuts away our bad habits, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that is a discerner of our hearts and that you are bringing healing into our hearts through your word, Jesus. And we thank you that you pierce between our soul and our spirit so that we can hear your voice. We can hear your wisdom and your guidance and your direction. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So going way back to the story that I started this off with, um, with, uh, with my friend and that confession that, you know, I didn't really used to get that much out of the word of God. And maybe you feel that way too. And you know what is really wicked? is that then the devil will come to you and make you feel like you're a lousy Christian because you don't get that much out of the word of God. Or if you're not spending as much time in it as you quote, think you should. I put the quotes at the wrong part, but you know what I'm trying to say. I said it was going to be a bumpy ride, okay? <laughs> it's going to be bumpy. Anyways, uh, you know, he'll make you feel guilty that you're not spending more time in the word or, or maybe you're not having any personal time in the word and he'll make you feel guilty about that and that guilt will cause us to run away from the word of God just like we saw in the garden when Adam and Eve felt guilty and shameful and afraid they ran away from God not to God and I'm telling you this so that you know where that's coming from that's not coming from your father that's not coming from your savior okay he took our guilt at the cross he paid to remove that from us so that we can now come boldly before his throne of mercy and grace. Hallelujah. And can I tell you that anything that God has ordained for our life, he will help us with. He has ordained that we spend time in his word. You know, we did a whole series on Martha and Mary talking about how Jesus showed us that the one thing we need every day is to spend time in the word of God with him. The one thing, the one thing. I know we got so many things we got to do, but he says the one thing you actually need to do 
is to spend time with him in the word. And that he's so gracious that he doesn't give us a time frame. He doesn't say you have to spend five hours in the word. Let me tell you something. Who gave us the 24 hours we get every day? Jesus did. God did. My friends, he's given us the 24 hours that we have. He has every right to demand all 24 of them. But he doesn't. He's so gracious. He just says, spend some time with me. Spend some time with me. And, and going back to that, if you're not, he will help you. Ask him. Ask him to, to help make that a reality. Ask him to create the time and the space for the two of you to come together. And he will. Ask him to increase that desire in your heart. But that's what I'm praying that this next couple of uh, uh, podcasts will do is, is Lord, that we, that we will be encouraged in our hearts to spend, to spend more time in God's word, to reap the benefits and the fruit that he has there for us and to grow in our revelation of who he is in Jesus name, my friends, because this is how we get to know who Jesus is, is in his word spending time in his word. You know, God didn't write this precious Bible for nothing. And he didn't write it for himself. He already knows everything in here. Okay. <laughs> he already knows who he is. He has given everything. Think about it. He gave up his son to show us who he is because the Bible says that God is love. And the Bible also says that God sent his son to demonstrate his love for us by his atoning work at the cross. So he gave up his all. He gave up his one and only son. He has given up all done everything to show us who he is and who he is, is love. And that's why the enemy will use any means necessary to keep you from coming to this word, because he knows that the more you know the word of God, the more you're going to know the character of your God, the more you're going to trust in him, the more you're going to walk in the victory that Jesus Christ has already given you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He knows that when you know God loves you, that is your victory and his defeat. And we can never know enough how much our God loves us. We can't hear it enough. We can't be reminded enough. The Bible itself says in Ephesians 3 that it takes the power of God to understand the love of God and to the measure that we know the love of God for us. That is the fullness of God that will dwell in us that we can ask anything and it will be granted above and beyond what we can possibly even imagine. But that all comes when we understand the love of God. And how do we know he loves us if we don't come to his very word that reveals that to us, that shows us who he is, that shows us the extent that he's willing to go for, for us. Hallelujah. And you know what we see in the Old Testament? We see again and again and again that man fails and disobeys and disobeys and man fails and they do horrible, horrible, horrible things. And yet God never gives up on us. My friend, God owes us nothing. He does not owe us salvation. He does not owe us redemption. He certainly did not owe us his son. When Adam blew it in the garden, he had every right to just crumple this whole earth up and throw it away. 
But his response to our wickedness is to give us his best. Think of that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Oh, Jesus, you're good. You're good. So with today, I want to, oh, God's going to just laughing because, you know, you just never know where he's going to take something. Uh, but it's all good. And I hope y'all know I preach to me as much as I preach to you. Right. Amen. So um, I want to share some practical truths with you. You know, like that the, the Lord has taught me over the years that makes coming to his word such a joy and such a desire. And, and just I can't live without it. And his word comes alive like it says that it will. It's no longer a cold, hard word to me. It's alive and it's living. And he brought me to life through it. But, but I would never claim to understand it all. We can't. It is His wisdom is so rich and, and pure and it's so concentrated. We can't possibly uh, understand it all. And, and you know, if you're in that place... Uh, like I was, where where you're not really motivated to read it that much because you don't really get it. You know, I want to tell you something. You're in great company because listen to what Solomon, who apart from Jesus Christ is the wisest man who ever lived on earth. Listen to what he wrote in Proverbs 30 verse 2. He wrote, surely I am more stupid than any man and do not have the understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. Wow. Do you hear what the wisest man on earth other than Jesus just said? He, he basically just told us that when it comes to understanding the Lord, that he's stupid. He has no understanding. He has no wisdom because he, he can see in relation to the wisdom of God, how feeble-minded we are. So, so don't feel, you know, Leah said, you're in great company and don't feel guilty about it either. You know, Jesus's response is never, we never see him looking at, looking at sinners or looking at his disciples when they're, when they're failing and, and judging them. Instead, you know what he always does? He comes alongside and his own, out of his own mouth, he told us that he came to show us what his father is like. He said that as we see him, everything he does, he does the will of the father. If we want to know what the father is like, if what the, what the father's will is like, we look to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus shared parables about going to get the lost sheep. How did that sheep, that one sheep that Jesus talks about, get so far away from the rest of the flock to start with? It was a bad sheep. <laughs> oh, I know you're laughing. I don't care how corny it is. You're laughing. I know it. <laughs> oh, but seriously, that's how that sheep got out there. And Jesus says, the good shepherd, he's the good shepherd. He goes and gets it. And if you struggle with reading the Bible, you know, he does the same thing. And that's where we're going to start off. We're going to look, look at this. Uh, we, we visited here before, but all of his word is so rich. You can always keep coming back to it. And then Luke 24, this is after Jesus Christ has risen from the grave. In fact, it's the first Sunday, the first Sunday when he rose from the grave. And there were two disciples who were so full of doubt 
and fear that they had left the other disciples in Jerusalem and were walking back home. So essentially, they had given up. And they had even been there and heard the report from Mary that Christ was risen. And they still walked away and gave up. And you know what Jesus did? Of all the places he could have been on the first day that he rose, he came to these two. These two who were walking away full of fear, full of doubt. And you know why? We're going to read it. But Jesus says, because they didn't understand the scriptures. So we can see there for ourselves that when we have under, trouble understanding the word of God, Jesus himself will draw near to help us understand, to teach us, to open our eyes to his word. And you know why? Because his word is about himself. So in Luke 25, he's, he's joined them on their walk and they've told him all this stuff and basically everything they've talked to him about is a bunch of doubt and unbelief and, and wrong believing. And at the end of it, he says to them in Luke 24, verse 25, then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Did you just hear that? Jesus took all of the scriptures of the Old Testament and he showed them. He went through starting in Genesis. That's what it means that starting uh, with Moses because Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So he started there and showed them how all the scriptures are about himself. He opened the scriptures up to them so that they could see that it's about Jesus. And it says that as they, as they went on, later on, uh, there was a point where they finally realized, you know, Jesus had constrained their eyes in the natural. So they didn't know who he was. And you know why? Because he wants us to see just how important it is to see him in the word. He's showing us that it is actually more important for us to see Jesus in the word of God than it was for them to physically see who he was. And later on, as they, they, they're sitting down to, di to dinner and he takes bread and he blesses it and he broke it and he gave it to them. And it says, then their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? While Jesus opened the scriptures to him, you know what happened? That fear and that doubt and, and all that, the depression, all that stuff was replaced by the warmth and the peace and the joy of God's word once they saw Jesus in it. Hallelujah. 
And that's the first thing I want to share with you today. When we come to the Bible, there's two whys that we should come for. And those whys also teach us the how to come to the Bible. And the first one is we come to the Bible to see Jesus. And Jesus himself just showed us that. When we come to the Bible, our primary reason is so that we get to see Jesus. And we see him from Genesis all the way to Revelations. The whole Bible is about him. And so I really want you to, 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 to note that to yourself, that I come to the Bible to see Jesus. And um, not only that, but check this out. It was Jesus himself, it says, that expounded the word to them. So when I come to the Bible, I'm coming to see Jesus, but I'm also talking with Jesus. My friends, we're not just reading about him. We're reading with him. This is how we have a conversation with him. Jesus himself expounds the word and teaches it to us. Hallelujah. Isn't that incredible? I mean, just like when he was on this earth, he spent so much of his ministry teaching. And the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still here right now teaching us about himself from the word of God. Hallelujah. And I hope, you know, when you come to your, to your Bible like that and you open it up and just take a moment to say, Jesus, will you show me yourself in your word today? Just Jesus, I want a fresh revelation of you. Jesus, I want to see you. I want to know you in a deeper way. Because that's what this is. This is a relationship. It's no different than going to have coffee with your friend or having dinner with your family. And you're, you talk. You talk about the events of the day. You talk about the things that are important to you. You talk about the highs and the lows. We do all that when we come to the word with Jesus. But the difference is his word has power. His word brings life. His word cuts away the bondages and the depression and the fear. His word gives us wisdom. Amen. Amen. And you know, it's really, uh, oh my, probably getting close to running out of time. <laughs> but... Um, this will make the Bible come alive. Because, like I said, Jesus just showed us himself that all of the scriptures are about him and he will teach them to us. And not only that, but you know, it says in John chapter 1, 1 through 2. In John chapter 1, 1 through 2, it says, In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And if you skip down to verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. My friends, the word is Jesus. And Jesus is the word. So when you come to the Bible, we're not just coming to a bunch of letters written on paper. We are coming to Jesus himself. That's how the Bible can be living. Jesus is living. 
Hallelujah. And that's how he pours in his life into us. And that's why I shared earlier, you know, if you are struggling, if you, if you have areas where death is creeping in, and you know what I mean by that is that, you know, like sickness is death begun. Feeling tired and weak and fatigued all the time is death begun. That's like a little bit of death starting to creep in. You know, if you're, if you're struggling in, in, in your, your parenting and there's a lot of strife at home, that's death begun in that relationship. You know, if your marriage is strained, that's death begun. You know, if there's, if uh, in your finances, if your finances are strained, that's all, all these things are death begun. And you know what? We come to the word and we come to Jesus, our savior, our savior who saves us from all things and his word will bring life. And I want to share with you that, you know, there's, there's, there's two different ways that we can, we can come to him. We can, we can. We can come, you know, we run about busy, 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 doing, 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 serving, serving, serving until we're completely dry and and worn out and we collapse under our load and our burden. And then what do we do? We cry out to Jesus for help. I've lived there. I, I get it. And you know what he does? He helps. He doesn't say, well, you know, I never told you to go running about the place. He doesn't bust out the calendar and go, hmm, let me see here. I see that it's been five months, two weeks, and a day since you had a quiet time. I don't think I can help you out this time. No, that's not our Savior. You know what he'll do? He will answer your plea. In fact, he's been there the whole time just waiting for you to give him all of those burdens. Come to me, you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And the first place we need rest is in our souls. We can't expect our body to be at rest if our soul is not at rest. Ooh, that was good, Jesus. Can you hear that? We cannot expect our bodies to be at rest if our soul is not at rest. And how is our soul at rest? When we rest in the word of God. Amen. This is not about a duty. This is about a relationship. It's about the Lord giving to us. It's about him showing us who he is. Because you know what? The better we know him, the quicker we will be to cry out to him when we do need help. The quicker it will be to trust him, to let go, to let him handle everything. But can I tell you something? People that we don't know very well, we don't trust. That, that's just how it is, right? If, if you don't know me from any other stranger on the street, are you going to leave your kids with me, right? While you go run some errands? No. Well, I sure hope not, <laughs> right? No. But if you got to know me, right, you know that, well, you may or may not want to leave your kids because my husband and I tend to spoil them. But uh, you know that we love kids and, 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 and kids just love being with us probably because we're a couple of big kids ourselves. And um, our idea of babysitting is to take kids to Northwest Trek Park and have a great time and wear them out and then give them back. <laughs> you know? oh, we do. We, we love to be around kids. But what it comes back to, we, we won't trust somebody we don't know. So the more we get to know Jesus, the more we'll trust him. But, but going back to, to what I was saying, we can run around and run about until we're exhausted and then come get a little taste of his word. Come get some of him and he fills us up and then we go right back to running around again, going here, going there, doing, 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 busy, 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 busy. And then we run out again or we can choose to just live 
at his feet. We can choose to just live next to the well. Why keep going back for a cup when you can sit there with the living waters himself and be filled up? Amen. When we come to Jesus, when we start our day in his word, you know, he will, he will give us wisdom that we need for the day. He will put our spirit, he will put our soul. I'm sorry, your spirit is already as prosperous and blessed as it ever needs to be. It's sitting in heaven. But your soul, he will put at rest. He will, he will give you peace and joy and strength for the day. And most of the time, it is when we are reading the written word of God that he speaks the rhema word, the now word that we need, that, that spoken word that we talked about earlier that we will hear come up inside of us and we'll know this is the word of God and not me. And you, you could be reading, like I could be sitting here reading uh, the first chapter of John that talks about how Jesus came and, and all of a sudden it will pop up in me the answer to some completely unrelated problem that I've already taken to the Lord. You know, or he'll, he'll show me something that I need to know for the day, you know, or, or it, he's just incredible. It's supernatural, my friends. There is no way to explain it. But this, this happens and I hope that you are encouraged by knowing that when we come to the word of God, we're coming to our Jesus, our Jesus who loves us so much that he left heaven for us. He understands our weaknesses. He grew up here as a man. He understands the temptations that we face. He understands the weaknesses and the burdens, and he does not judge us for them. He is sympathetic towards us. And he went to the cross, the Bible says, with joy with joy because he saw on the other side of that that he would save you and he would save me and he saw that that salvation yes it's it's the, the greatest joys that we will spend all eternity with him but we don't have to wait till we're in heaven to experience heaven hallelujah amen and there is just so much that our savior wants to do for us and we're going to have to wrap this up. Uh, and that was just the tip of the iceberg, really, of, of, of everything the Lord has given. But um, I really believe the, the most fruitful thing I could share with you, the most important thing, most impactful in my life has been when I learned that coming to this precious word is about seeing my Savior and asking Jesus to show me himself and his word. And it's just, I, I can share so much about it with you, but until you experience it, it's, it's like a, you know, a tiny little nightlight in a dark room. It's like, I can't describe it, right? Just go for it. And if you already are, hey, you know what I'm talking about. And I just pray that this will encourage you uh, to, to continue in that. And, and, you know, Jesus is so beautiful. I shared this last thought that, um, like I said, if, if you haven't done that, if you're not doing it, because it is good. It's good to get the word on the go. I love, you know, my friends, we have never had so much access to the word of God. You know, I love it. I can push play on my phone, drop it in my back pocket. And while I'm washing the dishes or picking up dog poop or doing whatever I got to do, I've got the word of God playing out of my, my back pocket. And sometimes that just cracks me up. Like, Wow. You know, it's incredible. Do you think God didn't have his hand in all these technologies? Of course he did. But there is also no replacement for taking just a moment and sitting still at the feet of Jesus. 
And we saw before all the many benefits that Mary experienced when she did that, you know, um, and he told us that's the one thing that we need. And, and I want to encourage you, don't try to make that happen. Just believe Jesus, right? Because the Bible says, as we believe, so we will do, right? It's, it's about what we're believing. So don't try to make yourself do this. I just want you to believe Jesus that the one thing you need is to spend time in his word. I want you to believe Jesus when he says that when you come to his word, you're actually hanging out with him. And think about if he were standing here right now in front of you saying, hey, do you got, do you got time for a cup of coffee? What would your response be? I think we'd all be, yes, yes. What, me? I'd kind of look around, look over my shoulder. Me? You know that thing? Are you talking to me? Jesus, you want to spend, you want to spend some time with me? Like, yeah, let's have some coffee and maybe some dinner and then some dessert. And hey, I've got a guest room if you want to stay the night. <laughs> Amen. Oh, yes, because Jesus just good. And I keep telling y'all we're going to get off here. So we better go. And um, obviously, you've probably figured it out. We are just starting a series. And um, yeah, so I, I pray that you have been encouraged and that this will um, make your time with the Lord just, uh, you know, extraordinarily enjoyable and fruitful and that you will just get to bask in his presence hallelujah and right now daddy god we just thank you for the incredible gift of your word that you care about us so much that you love us so much that you gave us this word you've given your son to us in so many ways wow how many ways can god say i love you how many ways can he show us his heart towards us? Oh, Father, you're just so good. And right now, we just receive that love. And we, went, we let your love wash away our cares, our worries, our pains. Lord, we thank you that your love brings healing and restoration and redemption of all that is lost whether it was taken or we gave it up, your blood paid the price for our redemption. Hallelujah. Oh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My friend, God does. He loves you so very much. I love you. And until next time, keep on living, loving, and laughing in grace.